IndyCar fans, it's time to start your engines. Welcome to Pit Pass Indy, a production of Evergreen Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Martin, a journalist who regularly covers the NTT IndyCar series. Our goal at Pit Pass Indy is to give racing fans an insider's view of the exciting world of the NTT IndyCar series in a fast-paced podcast featuring interviews with the biggest names in the sport. I bring nearly 40 years of experience covering IndyCar and NASCAR, working for such media brands as NBCSports.com, SI.com, ESPN Sports Ticker, Sports Illustrated, Auto Week, and Speed Sport. So let's drop the green flag on this episode of Pit Pass Indy. Our guest is one of the winningest drivers in the NTT IndyCar Series since he scored his first career victory at Barber Motorsports Park in 2015. It's two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske. Since that breakthrough win with Ed Carbon Racing in 2015, the Hendersonville, Tennessee native has become the winningest active American driver in IndyCar with 20 victories. Since joining Team Penske in 2017, Newgarden has two IndyCar Series championships, a fifth in the standings in 2018, and back-to-back second-place finishes in the championship the past two seasons. Three times in his career, Newgarden has won four races in a season. For any driver in the series that hopes to win the championship, they have to fight off Newgarden in order to reach that goal. I caught up with Newgarden recently to reflect on another championship battle in 2021, his hopes for a third championship in 2022, what went wrong for Team Penske in the 105th Indianapolis 500 in 2021, and a variety of other topics on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. Joining us now on Pit Pass Indy is Team Penske driver Joseph Newgarden, Once again, a major contender for the series championship in 2021. You entered the final race of the season, the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, third in the standings, chasing after both Pato Award in second and Alex Pillow, who was the championship leader. You were able to pass Pillow, finish second in the standings, didn't quite make it up to Alex, but once again, second place in the standings for the second year in a row. Close, but not close enough. So how do you look back at your championship season? Well, I thought it was a really good year overall. You know, when you're, when you're fighting for the championship, it's, you know, it, it, it's, it's within the realm of a, of a positive year. Um, you know, that's always uh, the first, the first challenge is getting yourself in contention for the championship. And then if you're able to do that, then it's, then it's a matter of trying to finish it off. So un- unfortunately, you know, we came up short again. Um, similar to 2022, a little different story. You know, I felt like 22 or I'm sorry, 2020, um, we were, we were better throughout the whole year. Um, really strong, actually probably the strongest in my opinion throughout the championship, you know, this year in 21, we weren't the strongest throughout the year, but, um, you know, we were, we were very competitive throughout, um, and, and stayed within the fight, which, which was, uh, really our goal as, as we ran through the middle part of the year, um, towards the end was just staying in it. So, you know, I, I think it was a good year, a lot to learn from, but we need to be stronger next year. But when you look at your time since you've joined Team Penske with two championships, two second place finishes, and a fifth, 
it always seems like everybody's got to race Joseph Newgarden if they want to win the championship in IndyCar. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm satisfied to some degree with with what we've been able to do in, in the first five years together. You know, I, I I'd be lying if I said, you know, we we uh, you know, it's really all I've ever wanted. Um, I, I think you know, five championships out of five years would would sound a lot better to me. So, um, you know, I, I like to figure out over the next five years how we can win five in a row. Um, instead of only two. So, you know, if we can, uh, if we can just be a little bit more consistent overall, if we can, you know, figure out how to avoid some of the pitfalls that we've seen across some of our championship years, um, you know, then I think it's possible, you know, we're, we're always in contention. We're always in the fight. Um, if we can at least maintain that, that sort of form, then, you know, figuring out how to close some of the gaps and, you know, close out more of the championships across a, a five-year span, I think is, is very doable for us. Five championships in a row, those sound like pretty lofty goals, but do you think they're achievable? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I got to shoot for the stars. I think that's that's always what we're doing. It's one year at a time. You know, I, I, I think it would be a mistake to try and uh, to try and focus too much on a five-year outlook. You know, for me, um, looking at everything individualized year by year is, is certainly a, a strong approach, trying to, you know, stay in the moment, stay – uh, you know, in a current championship year is always the best mentality. So, you know, we'll focus, we're focusing on 2022 with, with an outlook of, of five years out. But, you know, I think our immediate focus is, is purely on the next championship and everything we have to do throughout um, 2022 to try and not only win the championship, but, but more importantly, challenge for an Indy 500 win. Team Penske is the most successful and iconic team in the history of the Indianapolis 500 but that seems to be the one race the last two years where across the board, the team didn't really get very good results from uh, the Indy 500. What do you see as the reason for that? Well, 2021 was a, a very difficult year at, at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for us. I, I, I can't say, um, you know, our, our lack of results was certainly not from um, uh, a lack of effort. Uh, you know, there was a tremendous amount of work that went in, uh, not only from, you know, the two car specifically, you know, all the mechanics, it was, it was a huge off season to try and figure out how to be better at, at Indy. And, you know, unfortunately it just didn't, it didn't work out. You know, I think we learned some things, um, you know, potentially some of the areas we focused in didn't bear as much fruit as we wanted. Um, so I don't know that I can point to one thing, but I, I can tell you it was not from, from a lack of, of effort um, or, or dedication to try and be better there. It, it, you know, just what we worked on didn't, didn't seem to bear enough fruit. So, you know, we're going back to the drawing board again this offseason. We're, we're going to double down on our efforts um, and, and just, you know, try and be accountable and leave no stone unturned and you know, come back and, you know, hopefully be a lot stronger. You know, we expect ourselves to be strong there. So, you know, every individual, we look at ourselves personally and we, we know we can't accept anything but, but excellence when we go to Indy. Do you think that was partly because there were so many teams that team Penske was working with. You had four cars for the main team plus Beth Peretta Autosport. that in some ways the team may have been spread a little too thin. No, I, I don't think it was a, a distraction problem. You know, I think the, everything was allocated really well, you know, whether it's the, the Peretta expansion that we had, um, there was certainly not a distraction that I think was dragging us back. Um, you know, I think our efforts were spread very uh, consistently across the board and, you know, it, it really just comes down to, you know, the areas we focused on didn't seem to bear enough fruit. Um, and, you know, potentially, you know, we were, we were, uh, we turned a blind eye to, to some other areas that we should have um, been focusing on. So I, I think it's more just an analysis on, you know, 
what do we look at? What do we not look at? And just trying to, you know, redirect where our focus is this off season. I, I think it's purely down to that. The, the effort was there. You know, the intent to be excellent was there. It just, it didn't pan out. The team announced that it's just going to be a three car team in IndyCar uh, with the departure of Simon Pagano. First of all, you had a lot of time racing with Simon as a teammate. What's it going to be like entering the season without having him as a teammate now that he's racing for Meyer Shank racing? You know, I think with, with Simon leaving the team, um, you know, we're certainly going to lose some strength from his side, but, uh, you know, I've, I've been a part of this team for the last five years and, you know, I've gone through a couple versions of it with, with both four and three cars. So I, you know, I've seen the dynamic, um, and, and really it doesn't change much across the board, whether it's four or three cars, you know, I think that the strength is really relatively consistent across the board. Um, Simon certainly had his strengths, but I think you could take any one of us out of the, out of the mix, whether it would be me leaving a Willer or Scott, and you'd probably have, you know, the same consistency within the team. So, you know, we're certainly going to miss some of, of Simon's strengths. Um, you know, his, uh, his efforts that he always put in, uh, to the engineering office with all of us. But I think because we're such a consistent team across the board with any car that you look at, that you, you remove any one of them and, you know, really there's not a huge difference, uh, amongst the team overall. So. Yeah, I think potentially it just allows us to maybe focus a little bit more dropping down to three, but you know, I'd, I'd hesitate to say it'll change much. I think four or three cars, I, I've seen you know, very similar um, programs at Team Penske with not much change. What about personally, uh, when you spend that much time with a teammate, then all of a sudden he, he departs, what's it like personal side, the camaraderie side? Yeah, I think the, the number one thing that I think about you know, with Simon's departure now is that we'll, we'll have to compete against each other, you know, instead of having him as a teammate to, to lean on, uh, and to, you know, to have him a part of our thought process as a team, he's really someone that we've got to account for now. Um, you know, he's a tremendous competitor and, and he'll be very strong in his new organization. And, um, you know, that's just something we've got to, you know, be on the lookout for now as we, as we go to compete every weekend. So, um, it'll be a different dynamic. You know, it, it was, it was, certainly fun to be teammates with Simon and to you know, always absorb his experience and knowledge and, um, you know, bounce things off each other. But, you know, now uh, we're going to be competitors in a different way. So it'll be fun to see how, uh, how th- things take shape in 22. So getting back to the point that I made earlier about everybody has to race Joseph Newgarden if they want to win the championship, going all the way back to 2016, you finished fourth in your final year with Ed Carpenter racing the next year, you show up at Team Penske and you win the championship. 2018, finished fifth. 2019, you win your second championship. And then second in 2020 and 2021. You look at those numbers, those are pretty impressive. And how do you think they stack up with some other great streaks that we've seen in IndyCar with some of the top drivers that are out there? I, I mean, I've been proud of, of the efforts put in, um, you know, proud of, the teams I've been able to drive for, uh, you know, I had a tremendous run with, with Ed Carpenter racing in 2016, uh, a run I felt like, you know, was that, that had more potential in it. You know, I felt like we were certainly a championship contender that year. Um, you know, if not in the, the top two mix and then, you know, my entire time at team Penske, I've, I've always come out of every season feeling positive about what, what we put together with, with, with our group. So I'm, I'm proud of the effort and proud of the, the relative consistency. You know, I'm disappointed. It's, it's not been more overall, you know, I think as a, as a competitor, you always, you know, you always want the best results possible. Um, you know, each championship we lose is, is, you know, always uh, disheartening to me, you know, you go into a year 
um, hoping to to win the championship ultimately. And, and fortunately, we've been able to do that a couple times. But you know, surely I've I've wanted to to win it more than that. Um, and I know the teams that I've been with have wanted to win it too, uh, just as much as me. So you know, every year, every off season, I'm figuring out how 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 we can we be better. How can we not let another championship slip away? And and this this off season is no different. 20 career victories makes you the winningest active driver from the United States in the series. Is that a bit of a milestone for you, the 20 wins? And do you feel proud that you have the most victories of any driver in an international series that is from the United States? You know, truly, I've really not looked at the nationality part of our sport so much. You know, for me, I've always enjoyed being a competitor in IndyCar. I've always enjoyed competing against the best from around the world. I think that's what makes our championship so uh, challenging and, and special to be a part of. Um, and, you know, as a, as a competitor, it's, you know, trying to be the best of, of everyone, regardless of, of nationality. And I think that's, you know, how most of us feel, um, you know, whether you're from, you know, a country like, uh, Japan or New Zealand or, or England or the United States, I think you want to be, you know, the most successful of, of everybody. So I don't look at it, you know, sectioned off and, in, in, in that, you know, I'm, I'm an American so much. I, I look at it, you know, and, and how can we perform against the best? Um, so it's, it's hard to kind of quantify 20 wins. I remember my very first IndyCar win and, you know, I was so grateful to be able to secure one victory. I always thought that was so special and, you know, I could retire and, you know, at least retire with the piece that I was able to achieve a victory with, with the team I was with, um, in my time in IndyCar and now, you know, 20, 20 wins up the road. Um, my mind has shifted to more so, uh, you know, how far can we go? I think that's, you know, that's kind of where my mind is, has shifted to nowadays. In the world of racing, Penske means performance and winning. For good reason. Since 1966, Team Penske has won 44 national championships, 17 in IndyCar alone. And last year, Team Penske claimed its Indianapolis 500 record-extending 19th Indy 500 win with Joseph Newgarden, the latest driver, to win the famed race. Team Penske also won its second straight NASCAR Cup Series championship. In 2022, Penske was the first team in history to win both the IndyCar and the NASCAR Cup Series championships in the same season. Team Penske enters the 2024 NTT IndyCar Series season with 236 IndyCar wins, including 34 500-mile race victories. Those are results that are tough to top. But Penske's legendary reputation for quality and attention to detail makes a statement off the track, too. When you need a truck, whether for your business or for a household move, Penske Truck Rental has some of the cleanest, newest, and best-maintained vehicles on the road. And we make it easy with personalized support from our associates, flexible reservations, and access to the top technology. With quick pickup and drop-off at more than 2,500 locations across North America, our scale and know-how will keep you covered, all helping to ensure you get the right, reliable, fuel-efficient vehicle when and where you need it. On the highways, the raceways, and every pit stop in between, Penske keeps you moving forward. Gain ground with Penske. Get a quote today at PenskeTruckRental.com 
or for household rentals, download the Penske Truck Rental mobile app today. Did Alex Pelot's season with Chip Ganassi Racing surprise you to a degree because he's only been in the series for two years? Uh, the first year, he showed a lot of promise when he was with Dale Coyne Racing with Team Go, but it really seemed that as soon as he got over to Chip Ganassi Racing, it immediately clicked for him. You know, I was truly not surprised by Alex this year. Um, I, I thought his his rookie year with a very strong Dale Coyne racing was uh, very telling. You know, he, he seemed to be um, one of the more impressive individuals that's come into the, into the series seemed, you know, seemed to be one of the, one of the more prepared individuals with his times and uh, with his time in other categories, you know, specifically uh, super formula. Um, and he seemed ready for, you know, a, a great opportunity like at, at Chip Ganassi racing. So, yeah, I, I was truly not surprised by it. You know, he seemed like a tremendous competitor and, you know, with all the right ingredients in place, um, you know, he really capitalized. So he's, he's become a, you know, a good championship challenger and, and, and will continue to be so I think for the future. I also believe that late in the season, you described him as probably being the most complete driver of the championship contenders that you had to battle with. Uh, what was it about Alex that really impressed you to that degree? Well, he's one of the few that's that's the most uh, the most complete that I've seen. You know, not not everybody at this level has all the ingredients necessary uh, to find consistent success, and and he certainly uh, stands out as someone that 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 has that. Uh, you know, that has the complete package for the longevity of the sport, uh, not only for multiple years, but but certainly across uh, a, a, an entire championship year. So, you know, he's he's one of these people that are, that are going to be, you know, in the mix, I think every weekend, um, you know, much like a, like a Scott Dixon. So, um, that's good. You know, I, I think it, it's an asset for the IndyCar series. It's an asset for all of us as drivers to compete against. You want to be up, up against the best and, you know, he really adds to that mix. Shortly after the season ended, you were doing an IndyCar test that was going to replicate the weight difference that will come with the new engine. I remember you saying after that test that the extra weight really kind of made the steering feel a lot heavier, that there were a lot of noticeable changes in the car. What was it that you learned that day that will help IndyCar try to get the balance and everything right when the new rules package comes out? Well, I think it really just comes down to weight. You know, we, we, we've been adding weight to this current chassis for a long time. You know, this is the oldest chassis we've had in IndyCar. Uh, you know, we're going to be going into our 11th year with this car, um, which is pretty long in the tooth. You know, we're, we're definitely due for a new chassis at some point. <laughs> um, I've been, you know, begging for one. Uh, you know, w w as soon as we can get it, I think we need it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, as we work to the future and we work to, you know, adding a new engine and, you know, the new technologies that our manufacturers are going to be developing, which are relevant to, to road car technology uh, with our hybrid systems, you know, all of that comes with a, with a weight increase. And I think for us, we've got to be cognizant of how heavy the cars get, you know, not just from a physicality standpoint, you know, trying to look at the, the, the series as a whole and all the drivers across the board. But, you know, when you look at the impact of the cars too, and, you know, adding weight is, is, is not always a good thing. Um, you know, the, when you're adding weight and it's not necessarily from a safety standpoint, then you're just adding more inertia. So thinking about that on an oval or, you know, certain high speed road courses too, uh, I think we just need to be cognizant of, of how heavy the cars get. Indy, Indy car is very aware of that. So 
so, you know, I think they're working to counteract the, the weight increase that the new engines will bring. And, and um, you know, that was one of the things that jumped out at me at the test, which is the reason why we go testing is, is to have these conversations to make sure that we have, you know, all the right ingredients as, as we move forward. So when you add weight to a car that was designed to handle less weight, does that often create a situation that we call the law of unintended consequences where it may find a weaker spot of the car that wasn't necessarily designed to handle the extra weight? It's, it's possible. You know, these, these chassis were engineered at a, you know, a certain weight in the beginning. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of ways that you counteract, um, you know, new materials and, you know, new additions to the car. And we've had a lot of additions to the car to try and, you know, continue to strengthen and optimize them. Um, but we just got to make sure that we're, you know, we're ahead of the curve as, as we bring this, this very new ingredient of, of, uh, of a heavier engine and a, and a hybrid system on board. And, you know, look, I think IndyCar is well aware, you know, this is, this is not something that I'm, you know, bringing up and I'm the only one seeing it. IndyCar is, is aware of, of all the, you know, things that are going to be changing. So they just, we just all just need to stay on top of it as, as we bring the future in, uh, you know, into the race car. But for right now, they're, they, they're going to go with extra horsepower when the new engine comes out, where you'll be able to get over 900, 950 horsepower. Will the extra weight offset that additional horsepower that you get? I, you know, I'm a big fan of the horsepower. You know, it's never enough power at the end of the day. Um, I, you know, from a, from a performance standpoint, I'm not sure yet, you know, how much faster or slower we'll go with, when, when you combine the, the power versus the weight, uh, I think with that much power increase, I think we'll go uh, you know quicker for sure. It's just a matter of how much quicker. A couple of weeks ago, they announced that the Detroit Grand Prix was going to be moved off Belle Isle and returned to the streets of Detroit in downtown Detroit beginning in 2023. You're a former winner at Belle Isle with a victory in 2019. What are your thoughts on that? Excited about Detroit. You know, I think moving it downtown is, um, you know, very fitting. It definitely brings it back to the roots of what that race was. Um, I think there'll be, you know, a tremendous amount of access for people now. Uh, you know, there was always a huge effort to be accessible on, on Belle Isle for, for anybody that wanted to come out. But I think they'll just have an easier time, you know, spreading that accessibility across the city. So it's a big win, I think, for the, for the championship and, and for the Detroit Grand Prix. Do you think this will truly make it a Detroit event? It seemed that at Belle Isle, yes, you could see that that skyline of the city and everything in the background, as you said, difficult to get to because of the island, but now it's going to be right in the heart of everything. Do you think it'll really be more of a citywide effort than what we've seen in the past? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, I think it's it's a great move for the for the race, and I'm really excited to be a part of it. It's going to be a big deal for the city. Another thing that Roger Penske has gotten involved in is they have uh, IndyCar has reclaimed the Indy Light Series from Anderson Promotions. Anderson Promotions operated the series the last couple of years. How do you feel about that? I know that one of Roger's goals is he wants more IndyCar teams to field Indy Lights teams. Well, I think, you know, the Indy Lights Championship is a big deal for, for IndyCar. And, uh, you know, to be able to you know, bring it in house again under Rogers leadership is, is only a benefit for all of us. Um, you know, strength within that championship is strength for the IndyCar series. So, um, yeah, it's a very positive move. I think, uh, it's something that needs to be cultivated and, and Rogers well aware of that. So, um, it's good for everybody involved. And of course you're a former Indy lights champion. So 
How valuable is that series? How valuable was that series to your career, to developing what you are now, and also the other great Indy Lights graduates who've made it up to IndyCar? Yeah, you know, like I was saying, it's tremendously valuable. Um, it's a championship that was instrumental for me, um, and I think instrumental for for you know our future you know, pipeline into the IndyCar series. Um, so we've got to make sure we're cultivating it. And you know, I think everybody, you know, certainly from Roger, um, you know, down down the line, is, is well aware that it's it's something that we need to you know keep keep moving forward in, in the right direction. Back in October, I had a chance to catch up with you at a karting championship, the United States Pro Karting Series Carolina Grand Prix out at GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina. What was it like returning to your karting roots? I was tremendous. I loved, you know, getting karting again. Um, I showed up probably a little too late on the weekend. I was just not able to be there because I was at that test for IndyCar. So uh, it was a bit of an eye-opener after being out of a competitive kart race for I don't know how long, probably seven, eight years, but um, it definitely fed the hunger again, something that I want to, you know, definitely do a little bit more in the future now. And also, how cool is it to be able to go out there, be in a karting event that also has your teammate Will Power was part of it, and also the NASCAR Cup Series champion Kyle Larson was part of that field, along with a lot of other regular professional carters who basically went out there and, those guys are pretty good. So what was it like to have that mix of talent in a karting event like that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun, you know, just to be there with Will and the camaraderie. Um, it was a little bit short of a weekend, but, you know, tremendously fun. I hope to, you know, get more of those with, with uh, those type of competition. And also with Kyle Larson in the field, uh, how would you feel the next time you raced him if he was an entry in the Indy 500? I know a lot of grassroots race fans would love to see that. Yeah, I think we all would, you know, Kyle would have a great time and be a, you know, fun competitor to have and, you know, vice versa. I'd love to go over to his, you know, his arena a little bit more too and, and compete on that side. Wrapping up here with Joseph Newgarden and Team Penske, what does the rest of 2021 look like for you? And when will you hit the track in 2022 to begin in testing for next season? Just preparing, Bruce, you know, trying to be better the next year, uh, looking at everything I can, you know, trying to be better personally, be better on our team and, I'm not sure when we'll hit the track, but I, I'm, I don't think it'll be too much before St. Pete. So, um, you know, we'll have to be doing a lot of simulator testing, make sure that we're ready. Well, he'll sure to be a, a contender again for the 2022 NTT IndyCar Series Championship. Joseph Newgarden and Team Penske, thank you for joining us today on Pit Pass Indy. All right. Thanks, Bruce. See ya. And that puts a checkered flag on this edition of Pit Pass Indy. We want to thank two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion Joseph Newgarden of Team Penske for joining us on today's podcast. Along with loyal listeners like you, our guests help make Pit Pass Indy your path to victory lane for all things IndyCar. Pit Pass Indy continues to race forward in the offseason with more in-depth interviews featuring the biggest names in the NTT IndyCar Series. So please Please be sure to continue to tune into Pit Pass Indy. For more IndyCar coverage, follow me at Twitter at Bruce Martin, one word, uppercase B, uppercase M, underscore 500. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thanks to our production team. Executive producers are Bridget Coyne and Gerardo Orlando. Recordings and edits were done by me, Bruce Martin, and final mixing was done by Dave Douglas. Learn more at evergreenpodcast.com. 
Until next time, be sure to keep it out of the wall.